Hey, man, huge shout-out, man, to my homeboy, uh, Eric Boston, and the whole 520 Collective family. Um, I just finished listening to the uh, episode of Beyond the DMs. Um, Not just mine, either. I would listen to every single episode, and, um, man, I love what y'all are doing over there at 520. I love what you're doing, EB. Um, Honestly, man, I just... I'm humbled and I'm appreciative to be a part of the family and uh, keep putting out dope Christian content, man. Everybody be blessed. What's up? Welcome to Beyond the DMs here on 520 Collective. And we are being sponsored by 520collective.com. Make sure you check out the new improved, the new leveled up 520collective.com where you get great Christian hip hop gospel rap christian rap um just content that's relevant to the church really man that's what it's all about at 520collect.com so make sure you check that out i am eric boston you can hit me up on social medias at twitter and on parlor at eric boston three that is at eric boston in the number three and yeah man it's good to be back on beyond the dms i know we had to kind of slow down a little bit uh as we got ready to launch the new website at 520collect.com um but man i'm excited that this is the episode that we're getting back into the beyond the dms groove of course on beyond the dms we sometimes have you know deep uh important conversations which is uh i mean it's, it's something we need but then sometimes you also need to just have a conversation with your friends, man, and and there's just people you want to talk to because, man, you just you enjoy it, and that's what the, that's what this is, man. I, I know we're gonna get into some important stuff, um, but I'm just excited to have this man on here with me. We've been talking about this for a minute, and it's finally happening. Um, I want you guys to welcome on the 520 Collective phone line, my guy Zero. What's good, man? Hello, hello. Hey, what's happening, man? Ah, oh, dude, I'm like I said, I, I'm excited, man. You know, this is you and I have been talking about this, man. I mean, I know you got your podcast and, and all the good stuff that um, we're gonna talk about. And you actually, you know, gave me a chance to come on your podcast a while back, which was super cool. Definitely appreciate oh, that. Yeah, yeah, I was really experimenting with the uh, interview stuff. Um, I, I'm surprised I made it that far. We're uh, we're at episode. I just released episode 48 of the Zero Hour podcast. And um, it's current event news, politics, uh, pop culture, all from a Christian and theological perspective. So I'm really just trying to digest life as I know it and, and spit it out in a way that I think other people can understand it. Yeah, man, that's what's up. And and for those of you who don't know, make sure you go check it out. The Zero Hour Podcast. Where, where can they find that at? Um, if you if you find the thezerohour.com. All of my links are there. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel, um, the Zero Hour Podcast on YouTube, and um, I'm still working to getting getting that uh, the numbers up on that. So that may or may not come up in the in the search until I get I think to 100 subscribers or something like that. So um, just go to the Zero Hour on um, if you search it on Google, it'll pop up. I, I'm on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon now. 
any anywhere you can get podcasts. Yeah, man, and that's a uh, zero with an X, right? So it's X. Yeah, yeah, X E R O. That part is very important. <laughs> yeah, make, make sure you use the X. So, man, you know, I was thinking about, it, dude, and I was trying to remember like how you and I got connected, um, and like I can't for the life of me remember exactly how it happened. Like I, I feel like maybe it was through Marcus Anthony. Does that seem right? Uh, partially, I heard you guys on the Track Stars podcast, okay. and you did an interview when you were just getting the website going, and I was like, hey, this seems pretty cool, because at the time, I was doing a similar website uh, called Tentmaker Music, where we were collecting music from independent Christian music musicians, but not just hip-hop. We were doing a lot of different genres, Yeah, and I was trying to find other Christian podcasts out there because it's just not wide knowledge of who's there, so when I found you guys on Track Stars and I heard that you were specifically focusing on independent Christian hip-hop, I was like, I got to reach out to this guy. Okay, okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, I, I know. I, I feel like uh, Marcus... And shout out to Marcus Anthony, man. Uh, blessed on purpose music. You know, I, I, I feel like he, uh, got me wise to what you were doing with, with Tent Maker, man. He was like, man, this dude, uh, you need to check him out. You know, they're doing cool stuff up around where he's from. Um, and I know you guys put out, uh, what, what was the single? Enemies. Is that right? That you put out? Yeah. We put out a track called Enemies yeah, um, yeah, yeah. last year, I believe it was. Okay, so I think it was around that time, man, that he was like, check him out. I think you guys will like what they're doing at Tentmaker Music. And I, I know you said you were, were doing so, kind of similar stuff to what 520 is doing, uh, but maybe that focus has shifted a little bit. But, but Tentmaker is still going, man. It, it's still a thing, right? So what, what's, what's yeah, happening with Tentmakers? So we're not necessarily showcasing the way we were. Um, we have a YouTube channel and we still have the, vi- I, I just re-uploaded all the visualizers from other people's songs. But, um, what we were doing with all the showcasing was eating so much time and there were only three or four of us working on it at the time that, uh, you know, people started having babies and life started coming at us harder than we were expecting. And we were like, let's just, you know, reduce this back to the label that we expected it to be. So it's more of an independent label. Um, right now it's, it's just myself as Old Man Zero and, uh, AKA Fisher. And we're focusing on his project in the, in the ruins of Dreamland. It's un, un, unreleased date. Not, not yet, but we're working on it. We've kind of drip feeding some singles. Yeah. And he, but he, just, yeah, we, he just, he just dropped a single not very long ago. Yeah. He did, um, what was that? The Zay Hill and ASAP Preach. Yeah. 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 Now that was cool, man. I, I'm digging it, man. I'm excited to check out Fisher's uh, album. So we're, we're talking like a full length al- album, right? Yeah, full length concept album. I just got oh, an wow. email with the rest of the artwork in it, and I told them uh, you got to blow this up and put this on the merch store because it is a full on uh, map. Yeah, man. And what I like about what you guys do um, with tent makers, man, is that like. You know, you're like truly the definition of like indie label, right? I mean, it's, it's you guys grinding and, and putting it all together and make it happen. But I love that you guys, um, you guys put out quality, you know, say, and like in all areas, you know, it's not like you just focus on the music and you're like, well, whatever with the visuals or, I mean, you guys have this level of professional uh professionalism to it man uh and so that's that's really cool 
yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we 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 do the best we can. I kind of feel like if if you're not gonna do it as best you can all the way across the map, you shouldn't even release it. That's just like a philosophy we go by. So it it could take a while before you know I I put out another project. It'll be two or three years. You might see one single a year, but if I don't feel like every detail is right, then I, I really don't feel like it's right to put stuff out there. Yeah, man. And speaking of, of you putting stuff out, I mean, I, I love what you do because I think you've got a unique voice uh, and a unique sound, especially in this space. Um, yeah. And, and like you said, you know, you, for your your artist stuff, you go by Old Man Zero, so you can find that on you know streaming platforms and tent maker music and all that good stuff. Um, what's what's your um, I guess just perception of your music man like like what do people get when they check out what you do uh i'm trying to create an experience an emotion uh i'm really drawn to cinematic sounds so kind of like a movie in your mind um i remember back in the day i would get an album i would sit down with that album with a friend and we would just sit in the room nothing else going on just listen from beginning to end to this album and then and this was way before you know things were just about the singles it's it there's a lot of uh rock fans out there who listen to like pink floyd or something where it's it's an experience and that's what i'm trying to emulate with my music yeah man um so last year you put out your own version of wayfaring stranger so kind of classic folk man and it no no lie, it was one of my favorite releases from last year because I think you had a very unique twist, right? It had like this, these elements of like EDM and, and all kinds of stuff in there. Um, yeah. And, and you and I haven't really talked about that song before, dude. So I'm really interested to know like what got you going in that direction and, and looking at that particular track, um, as one that you wanted to cover. And then how did you, how did you like come up with the concept? for it and the arrangement and how you put it together okay so <laughs> this is this is kind of a deep story here uh, a few years ago i was at a uh, church conference for a denomination i was um working into the leadership i was becoming a part of the leadership of the church that i was in i'm, I'm just gonna leave names out uh, for simplicity's sake but at the conference they had a guest speaker and he was rewriting some old um uh, he, he really didn't tell us where the songs were coming from. He just said that they were old folk songs and he wanted to rewrite them for the words. And, um, the, the melody was just haunting to me. It was, uh, not, not in a bad way haunting, but it was like, it wouldn't leave my mind. Yeah. And so I, I tracked down his, his sheet music and I found out that it was part, he had taken the melody from Wayfaring Stranger to create this other song. So I wanted to hear what the original sounded like. And when I found the original, it felt like part of my history because the words, um, the words speak about, um, how do I, how do I explain? So, so think, think like 200, 300 years ago, how hard life is for people. You're, you're working on the farm every day. You have to work from sun up to sundown just to keep from dying. And that's, that's the life that our, our ancestors have and, and, you know, pilgrims, uh, agrarian society, they were just hard workers and everything was just as hard as possible. And for, for Christians, for, for religious people at the time, you know, Christ was the only hope that they had 
because their work and their life was so hard. And so the words of the song talk about death in the sense of going home. And, and, and in every verse, they're talking about they're going home to see their mother. They're going home to see their father, you know, people that had passed on before them. But they also mention Christ and they're going home to see their savior. And they're going to be welcomed into the gates of heaven with all these people that had gone on before. And they're, they're waiting for them to, to join their family. And I was like, man, this is a part of history that I just don't hear anymore. It reminded me of that movie, The Color Purple. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. Yeah. Yeah. So um, with... You know, with with my history being closer to like the color purple, I would have to imagine that uh, slaves working on a plantation, uh, some of them that heard of Christ, some of them had maybe accepted Christ, but uh, they didn't really understand where their hope was going to be outside of Christ. And so f- th- there's a reality that there there may or, there may have been slaves that accepted Christ, but still had to work as slaves every day of their life until they died. But when they died. It was a joyous occasion because they were released from that prison. They were released from that slavery and that bondage. And then they could go on to be with the people that they loved that had passed on before them. And seeing that um, death and, and Christ was the hope that they had, not that they were longing for death, but that they but that when it finally did come to them, it wasn't a sad, fearful occasion. It was I'm leaving this world to go home. And uh that just really touches me, man. Like I was in such a dark place in my life at that time. And every day was the same for months and months. I've been working in factories and things like that. And, and, and to get that perspective from that song, from reading the lyrics after I dug them up, I was like, I got to record this song. I, I have to do it. And I have to put the slavery twist on it. So that's, that's the deep voice that you hear when you get toward the course, when it starts to get a little bit intense, the, the original concept, um, or the concept that I added was that it was a slave speaking to himself, telling him like, okay, I'm going to get off this plantation and I'm going to run and I'm going to run and I'm going to be free. And I'm either going to f- f- run and make it, or I'm going to get killed trying to escape, but I'm not going to live this life anymore. And so the, the lyrics are saying, if you do it for your family, do it for these reasons. But if you're too afraid to fight, then you should run away. And, you know, we know from history that the slaves really weren't in a position to fight. So many of them tried to run away. Right. Wow. And I just saw that as a release of freedom either way, whether they succeeded or not. Yeah, man. See, dude, that's what that's what it is about you, man. Is you go you go deeper, like on everything. You, <laughs> you're, you're on these deeper levels than everybody else in this space man and they don't even know it you know i, uh, I wouldn't say everybody but oh man i don't I know mean, I, I feel like it dude so what about what about the way that you um compose it right because it's it's got this hip-hop element but it's not like truly hip-hop on the track yeah man. no no um well it, it's something of a i don't know what you would call that like a world, a very simple world beat, uh, kind of, I don't want, I, I don't want to say new age, but, um, just a world beat EDM, steady, steady drum beat. And then you'll, you'll notice that there's a bass line that never changes. It's just a straight, oh, straight through the song. And that's how a lot of folk songs were written back in the day. They would have one bass note and then they would have the melody floating around it. So I wanted to be true to that. But I mean, I love dubstep. I love trap. And I've always I've, I've been looking for an excuse to put dubstep and trap together in the same way. 
And so I figured, you know, when I when I wrote the part into the song where the slave was trying to escape, I wanted that to be as intense as possible. Yeah, man. No, so I, yeah, I, I think I think you were able to do it, dude. It was like I said, it was very very different than the majority of what we heard um, in this space that we kind of sort of exist in, I guess. Um, <laughs> like I, I think I think what's uh, interesting is that the longer people are around chh right um you start seeing the 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 mind shifts happening right where people are like oh wait maybe maybe i can dabble over here too um and we're seeing that with a lot of people and i think that's definitely one thing that i see with you and i get inspired by what i see you doing man um because you're not living on that surface level, right? Where it's just kind of, you know, just a, let's make it look nice on the outside, right? You, you mm, take things. Yeah. 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 Man. Like, like, um, you're willing to take things and find more purpose and more meaning in them. Uh, and it's super cool, dude. It's super cool. So, I mean, and not only with your music, but then like all these other endeavors, like you said, you're, almost 50 episodes deep into the podcast and you've shifted over to YouTube. And I think you're doing really cool stuff on YouTube. Although <laughs> there's been a little bit of controversy happening on that front too, right? Always, always. <laughs> and, and anytime you stop going along with the flow, you're going to find you're in a controversy. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I, I mean, let, let's let's not uh, let's not sugarcoat it, man. I mean, you came out and you're like, I, I've been I've been shadow banned by YouTube. <laughs> Bam. I should I should clarify. Okay, so I found out I was I wasn't necessarily shadow banned. I mean, I no? was, but I wasn't. Okay. All right, it's it's pretty standard now. When you when you start a YouTube channel, until you get a hundred subscribers, you're you're effectively shadow banned. Like you can type in the zero hour podcast, it's not going to come up. So you so have to get you, it from you, my other. You got to get a hundred. You got to get a hundred subscribers that can't find you. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. It doesn't sound like it's a like conducive to being a YouTuber, um, and this is where all that controversy comes in because it's an election year, right. and social media in general is their interest is to control the flow of information. And so, uh, there's a lot of political bloggers out there, uh, doing what I do. And just, there's people that just get in their car and just talk and they're, and they're having these thoughts for the first time. And they're saying, I've been on this path and I think I want to go down another path. And I, we live in a, we live in a society where television controlled the flow of information for so long and the internet changed that just like it kind of wrecked the music industry or changed it depending on how you want to look at it but if you're a record label you say the internet wrecked the music industry if you're indie right. you're saying it changed it for our sake well television is the same way and so youtube essentially wants to be netflix uh, you saw they're they're dabbling with youtube red and and this all this does all tie together because youtube wants to be netflix they have to control the flow of information and kind of weed out the people that they see as unfavorable uh, without setting off their entire fan base because they still want to be a trusted name um 
so when what they'll do is they'll roll out you know certain ad restrictions uh new new layers of rules and we and if you're in the youtube community you see those layers of rules coming out more and more and more like you know like i'm fine as a as a consumer i i would appreciate people don't swear so much on youtube especially like on video games when i'm trying to watch that with my kid but i mean you'll see in, in the gaming community half of the videos are just you know adult grown millennials complaining that pokemon isn't complex enough or something ridiculous that's that's sad and man. so I, I, I wish i wish it wasn't so so that they'd be happy <laughs> yeah. and so you know as a corporation they're trying to clean that up and and the politics kind of falls into that so yeah yeah it's a, it's an election year they don't they don't want multiple stories and conspiracy theories and stuff flying around so they're really clamping down on on stuff like that well man i i'm riding with the with the idea that you were banned and it was on purpose so hashtag free oh, zero. it's marketable i'm gonna use that yeah man hashtag free zero yeah i will go, go, with, go with that yeah man <laughs> i actually had a, a t-shirt i was so mad that first night I, I made up a t-shirt and a mug that said banned across the front that's still going to be on my merch store. I'm going to leave that up. So go to the merch store and buy it is what you're saying, right? You, you should probably uh, plug that real quick. Real quick, real quick. <laughs> if you go to the zerohour.com, click on merch, you'll be able to get those that band t-shirt or mug. I think that's really cool. Boom. Go go give the man some of your money. That'd be awesome. So, um, yeah, man. And, and again, guys, join me on the Beyond the DMs podcast. It's my guy, Zero, from the zero hour podcast from tent maker music um and now we can officially say and i'm super excited about it um official 520 collective staff member as well dude so yes, sir i'm excited that you're on the team man and i know we haven't uh really got stuff rolling yet on what you're gonna do but i know there's cool stuff coming so i'm excited you know we've got some big ideas that we want to work towards um specifically with you coming on board um, so man, I, I'm excited to, um, see how that plays out and we won't talk about maybe what the, the end goal or what the, one of, one of those big, you know, dream items is, but, um, just, you know, what was part of your thinking of saying, yeah, man, I want to, I want to come on board and join 520 and what are you, um, planning on bringing to the table that people are going to be able to check out? Well, uh, <laughs> so, um, again, I, I th thank you for welcoming, welcoming me into the fold because I do respect and admire you guys. Um, I'm very much encouraged by what you do, especially listening to these podcasts over time and seeing who else is out there in the community because it's, it's, it's good to see, see the community from someone else's eyes and not just from my perspective. Yeah, man. Well, I'm glad you listened to them because I don't know how many people do. So, uh, at least I know you're gonna tune in. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> right? <laughs> if you're not listening to the 520 Collective podcast, I, I say you should at least give it a try. It, you know, don't knock it before you, before Th you. That's all we're asking, man. I mean, I know we're just a bunch of dorks that are, you know, giving you opinions that probably don't matter, but, you know, we appreciate any support we can get. But, um, as far as what I plan to bring to the table is, uh, like I said earlier, in the story where I was trying to work into the leadership of this church, I spent well, well over 10 years, um, studying theology on my own, um, for various reasons. One, because I could not afford to go to the seminary that I wanted to go to. Um, 
I made a lot of bad decisions and ended up poor because of it. So I just made the best with what I could. Uh, God is is the only thing that got me through that time. And, and if I'm going to give back to the church, it's got to be in a way that glorifies God and doesn't necessarily glorify myself or anything like that. Like I love to create music, but sometimes music can isn't the depth that people need. So I want to try to write devotionals, uh, Bible studies, uh, and try to give people clarification into um, different areas of scripture that they may not have looked into before. Not necessarily telling you what to think, but how I think about some of the questions that I hear coming up a lot. Yeah, man. And I tell you what, dude, I'm excited to see that play out because I think it's going to bring a very um, different and a very needed element to the platform, man. So definitely, definitely looking forward to you rolling that out. Um, Hopefully in the not too distant future, man, we'll start getting a little taste of it. That'd that'd be awesome. Um, Yeah, I've been... Clearing yeah. stuff off my plate for this week, so uh, I'm going to hopefully be able to, to dedicate my weekend to getting a couple of episodes knocked out, and I can give you guys something to to test run. That's what's up. That's what's up, man. Um, so you, you talked about, um, you know, politics plays a prominent role in what you do as far as, like, as a podcaster. Um it's something that you are passionate about and you're also very unapologetic um, yeah. when it comes to your views and, and what you believe, which I think is honestly refreshing um, in, the, in the space because it's not, you know, whenever you check out what you're saying and the way that you are thinking through um, maybe different topics that's trending or whatever the case may be is you, I know that I'm not going to get this cookie cutter answer from you, right? Uh, that everyone else is saying, which is, which, which I, you, you know how much I appreciate that, man. Cause like to the point where, um, you told me that you wanted to make a, a bit of a shift on, on where you were doing stuff social media wise. Right. And, and, um, you kind of got me hip to this newer social media platform called parlor. Um, and you were like, man, I'm, I think I'm going to move most of my stuff over there. I feel like it's the right place for me to be. And I was like, well, you know, I, I, if you're not going to be on Twitter, which I mean, you're still on Twitter, still on Twitter. So I am. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I've kind of started migrating back to Twitter. Oh, um, man. Oh, OK, I've, I, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep up with Parler probably for the rest of the year. But if I don't see some traction, yeah, you know, because eventually it's got to it's got to give back. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll just stick with Twitter. I that's where all the hot takes are. As toxic as Twitter is, it's hilarious sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, like here, here's the thing, though. I was like, well, if you're gonna try out Parlor, I at least gotta check it out because I want to make sure I'm keeping up with what you have going. And I, I've said it on, you know, the Five Twenty podcast. Um, yeah, as well that you know, I, I really I, I signed up for it because I wanted to see what you were doing. I wanted to be able to to yeah, I was really aware. encouraged by that. Yeah, man. So. Like, I, I, I feel like even though you're saying that maybe you're backtracking a little bit, I, I still want to talk about Parlor, man, and, and what made you interested in that and, and how it plays into what you're trying to do with your platform. Okay, so, so yeah. If, if you're driving, uh, this might be the part of the podcast where you maybe want to pause and pull over to the side of the road because I don't want you to swerve or anything. Um, <laughs> well, I dude, I, I've, I've, I've been, I've been holding back, man. I mean, we've been talking for almost 30 minutes now and I was like, okay, at some point we're going to get, uh, 
we're gonna get it on you know what i'm saying we, we're gonna get uh maybe a little controversial and that's what i'm here for all right so we'll we'll pull out the red pills <laughs> so i i started studying uh okay i got on parlor because a lot of the commentators that i listen to and new shows have accounts on parlor so what parlor is is supposed to be an alternative for for twitter because a lot of prominent conservative figures are being kicked off of social media on a regular basis and so parlor is a little more libertarian they wanted to give a platform to those voices uh so that they wouldn't disappear and i'll give you a good example uh there's a politician by the name of laura loomer who may actually end up claiming a congress seat in florida based on her platform on on parlor she got kicked off of twitter but she knows what she's doing she has a loyal fan base she was able to move over to parlor she was able to communicate with people that way and that's where she ran her political campaign and so i could see that people who are um serious about how they run their social media on the conservative side they're they're opening that up as a safety um over the last few years we've seen a lot of people just get kicked off for no reason and we'll be honest for the most part it only flows one way the only the only left-wing figures that i've seen kicked off of the platform would be louis farrakhan if you call him left-wing um but other than him i have i've only ever seen conservatives just kind of blacked out of facebook and twitter on a regular basis now the reason i started following these, these people is because like most americans i was looking for the smoking gun i heard you know president trump went in front of people in charlottesville and said there are you know very nice people on the white supremacist side and and blah 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 but i'm the type of person that when when you see that white flash on a news clip that means they've transitioned and they've cut something out i want the original clip so i found the original clip i listened to that entire statement and less than a minute later he says and i'm not talking about the neo-nazis i'm not talking about the white supremacists those people should be condemned and it was at that moment that i realized people are lying to me or they don't know and i'm gonna find out which one so i've been watching this dude like a hawk for three years looking for him to slip up and the best that i can come up with is you know trump is just like a factory worker construction guy like and if you can't get along with those people you, you wouldn't like him and i couldn't understand why people were just like seething mad at him so this is where all the red pill comes in um from following this stuff as closely as i have i'm starting to learn that what you call the establishment that those are your cnn your fox your you know your establishment your big name stuff that's like this is the official channel we call that the establishment those people are now the rich elite um factions of society that that, that look down on the on the union worker that look down on the poor working man um the middle class they call us flyover country because we're not new york or la right that's the attitude these people have toward us and and for my entire life i was told that that was the republican side and a lot of them were you know your mitt rodney's and people like that they were that but what we're seeing today in this new age is that's on the left side and um it's it's been eye-opening to kind of when you talk about what people say the party switched i don't <laughs> like at least the rich elites have switched and and they have all the power in media 
They have all the power in the news wing. And it's it's amazing to watch. Because I, I, I watch things as they unfold. To watch something happen. And then to watch the news report on that thing that I just watched happen. My I know for myself because I watched it. And, and that's been my goal for these last three or four years. Is to make sense of just the lies. And to try to come up with a story where people can understand what they're seeing. Because I, I just... I hate gaslighting, man. I feel like... I feel like the media is just like, you know that old game where kids grab your hands and they slap you and they say, stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. And it's like, I'm not hitting myself. You're hitting me. Like, I'm not <laughs> stupid. You guys are lying to me. Yeah. I watched the speech for myself. and and But so many people don't pay attention. They're just flowing along with, you know, whatever. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. They're not paying attention. And just here's 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 a really good example. Go to any social media platform, any social media platform, and type in hashtag walk away. And you will see hundreds, if not thousands of stories of people walking away from the left because they had the same epiphany that I had. You're not going to see that. You're not going to see people walking away from the right. You're going to see high profile people walking away from the right so that they can get in good with the establishment. But you're not going to see it on the people on our level. Yeah. Well, so what's been interesting... Um, for me with parlor is that, you know, I, I'm not as like, I, I guess just like diehard or committed to like specific political lines as, as some people, right? Like I, yeah. I, I don't know where I place myself to be, to be truly honest. I mean, I know the things that I believe in and I look, I try to find, you know, candidates that, align with that hopefully you know yeah, that's even the best though sometimes yeah sometimes it's not easy but I, i'm with you man so like with parlor yes it is not as easy uh from like an engagement point to just jump on there and start getting in there like you, like you can on twitter right like it's yeah it's much easier to build that platform through Twitter than it is on Parler. However, I will say what's been good about it for me is I've enjoyed being able to have a more balanced and more well-rounded, um, you know, like stream of, of yeah. yeah, like a, a stream of information. Cause, um, you know, the, the way I feel is that like you, you never get everything from, from one place right you, you never get the full picture and and you, so you're not gonna find it all on twitter uh you may not find it all on parlor but if you start combining what you're seeing from both of these you'll, mm-hmm. you'll start to get uh to, to get it clearer you know um, that's where it gets kind of dangerous because once you get a story that's being tracked on both on both platforms and you're starting to see two sides of a story and you're like wait a minute guys you guys ain't lining up here right yep yep with Parler, exactly. it's 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 a little bit difficult because Parler isn't an establishment platform, so you don't have um, all of the plugins and the add-ons that Twitter has. Right. And, I right. mean, you know, you can go to to any shady, you know, halfway dark website and buy a thousand likes or something. Uh, you can you can buy re- retweets and followers, and a lot of the people that we look up to, they do that. That's how they got their following going. That's that's kind of assumed that you're doing that at this point. That's how many bots there are. I think thirty, at least thirty percent of the people on Twitter are bots. And that's so, crazy. 
you're not going to get that on a on a platform like Parlor because it's just not available. Well, so what, they 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 make it where it's kind of impossible. I mean, there's um I, and and I get why you know where some of the expectations or restrictions that they have mm-hmm. maybe turn some people away because there's some things where it's like okay, you, well, to be like a, a verified account, for example, I mean, you, you have to um you know give up a good amount of information for that to happen. And so you're you're held accountable for what you say. If you cause a platform to be sued, you're liable for that. So a lot of people aren't going on social media. They don't want to play by those rules. They want to get on Twitter. They want to immediately get a thousand followers. They want to say whatever willy nilly doesn't matter who they destroy. And that's what they want to do on Twitter. But on Parler, you're not going to get that crowd because there's there's no satisfaction. You can't get that. So I found the best way to get traction is to engage through hashtags. And if you're if you really think it's just like Instagram, if you really think about what you're going to post before you post it and make sure that your hashtags are relevant, then that's how people find you. And if they resonate with what you're posting, then they'll follow you. Gotcha. Yeah, man. How how do you feel like um your your stances on these different topics and, 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 you know, obviously, you know, like we said, politics is a big part of that. How how do you feel like that incorporates into the church and maybe like how Christians are accepting or maybe not so much of the message that you put out there? Cause I, I find that very interesting. And I think, you know, the further we get into, um, you know, like, like, Trump's presidency and we got the election on the way um we're we're seeing some very interesting um I guess just like rhetoric coming from you know it's it's heated Christian Christian people you know we had Christians uh, mourning the death of uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg this weekend um, she's she's a Supreme Court justice who upholds uh, Roe v. Wade and is basically a feminist icon. So that's that's how politics plays into the role of the church is we have just like just like you have people in politics who don't really pay attention. You have people in the church who don't really pay attention. They either were, you know, they think they were born Christian and they go to the church because that's what they've always done. That's what they've always been told. And they're just kind of flowing through it. Or you're going to have um, people who are very diehard to, let's say, like a systematic theology. Um, you find that in Christian hip hop a lot. Like there's a lot of Calvinists that are just like Calvinists only. Uh, you don't see too many Catholic rappers in, in CHH. You know, shout out to uh, to Cody Free, though. <laughs> I'm going to have to check him out. <laughs> if if that dude, if that dude will drop some music, man. But yeah, but yeah he, he's Catholic Twitter. What's up? So in, in that same way um, that you have people in politics like that, you have these people that are um, they're kind of in it, but they're not really in it. And from what I've learned from scripture, and the only reason I can navigate politics is because I study theology. From what I've learned is that if you're not aware and you're not fighting, if you're not fighting to stay awake, if you're not fighting for your life on a daily basis, you're just going to get sucked into the flow. And you're going to go back to sleep. It doesn't matter if it's theology or politics. It's all the same. Like you have to be. That's why I say you got to be in the word every day. You got to be meditating on the scripture. Um, there's a lot of stuff that when I read over it, 
it's like uh wow i didn't know that's what that meant but i'm getting off subject um no you're fine go go with it man the people in the church that are um commenting on politics are kind of like uh they they don't know but they don't want to tell you they don't know and a lot of times maybe they just mean well or or they you know they don't want to disappoint you like just walk up to somebody and make up a band and be like hey man did you hear that new joint by the by the menzies and and they'll just act like they've heard that song they have no idea what you're talking about and, and i don't mean that to be mean i just like people just don't pay attention they really don't there was a there was an, an experiment where this guy was waiting on somebody at a counter and the guy was like yeah i want that box right there he says okay and he ducks down behind the counter and a totally different person comes back up and the person but the customer doesn't even notice it's a totally different person like that's that's people in general especially in politics and theology they're just not paying attention man i want, I want to ask you a question man because this is something that i've been dealing with lately i'd love to get uh your thoughts and this is something we haven't talked about man but like i don't know i, I feel like you know i i've always been very much like um yeah you know support america you know support our country um and, and i'm not necessarily saying that i'm not right uh but it's, it's been a very interesting shift for me lately because the more i look at it i'm like dude like our faith needs to influence our politics and not the other way around and i feel like when we talk about american christianity like politics is deeply rooted in that i feel like and and where um where we try to base a lot of these beliefs on and i'm like dude we are off base here man like um you know god bless america but you know black lives matter for example right or 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 take the kneeling in sports right um I don't know. I it just I was thinking through it uh, over the weekend, and I was like, dude, you know what? We get so hung up on whether it's cool or not cool for these athletes to kneel. Um, and all I kept thinking was, D- does God really care if people are not standing for a national anthem? Whenever, or or, or does He care that about? the fact that there are people in this country who are scared to just be out, you know, because they don't know what might happen. Um, and and I know I'm not maybe saying this very well, but I guess it's just like, I, I, I want to see us have this shift back to where it truly is about, uh, Christ and him crucified as, as Paul told us, right. And not, and not worry so much about um, these political lines. I don't know. I, I guess just what do you make out of my really, really um, incoherent rambling there? Because I, I feel like I feel like there's there's something at the core. I feel like there's something at the core of it, and, and I've been trying to piece this together because like I said I, I get why our political system is important and why we need to be a part of it, and, and you know using our votes to hopefully try to make a difference but the further i'm looking and and spending time in the word and just spending time trying trying to grow closer to god it's becoming 
that part of it's becoming a little less important to me. I think part of it is seasonal. Um, the environment is so tense and so hot that, I mean, like you said, you can't even watch sports. Like, politics is like cranberries used to be in the 90s. Like, you ever just go to get some orange juice in the 90s and it's got cranberries in it? Like, dude, I just want orange juice. Like, that's what politics is like right now. You can't even watch football without politics making its way into the screen. So, I think a large part of that frustration comes from that because you have, like I said, the political establishment is is in control of the flow of information. They want to make sure they get their, their point across. Um... And then it's just up to us to pay attention to whose point it is and what that point is. But I think you hit the nail on the head when you when you ask, does God really care about X, Y, and Z? And if we're going to approach this as Christians, then we have to look at it from that perspective. Like, what what biblical principles do, can I use to navigate this, this uh, minefield that we're trying to walk in? I would say, um, if, 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 in the, on the, issue of patriotism this is my country and i believe that it was god's providence that i was born in this country during this century in this time with the mind that i have and so understanding it that way i'm kind of responsible to be a good steward of those things that are outside of my control like people like to talk about privilege and i think that's the kind of like the source of white guilt and this nonsense that people are throwing on we should spend less time looking on the guilt and look and spend more time looking on being a good steward of the things that we were blessed with by god's providence and so in america if america really is a, a terrible horrible racist evil country then it would be incumbent on us to figure out what would be a better alternative and where that better alternative is but you don't see a lot of you know, rich elites flying off to Africa. You don't see them going to Australia and New Zealand as much as they praise it on TV. They want to be here. So that tells me that there's something about this country that everybody wants. And my experience has been, I love this country. I, I love living here. I've been to some other places and I've seen, you know, I've had friends in other places that are like, man, I can't even sign up for Spotify because I have limited, you know, like I can't send you I can't send this guy 50 bucks for his Spotify because his government won't let him. Like, I don't want to live in that world. So I want to be a good steward of the fact that I get to live in this country. Now, if there's things about the country that I don't like, um, again, that's, that's the American responsibility. We have the freedom. All freedom comes with a responsibility. And I believe... God expects us to be good stewards. Like that was Adam's role to tend the garden. He he's supposed to be in control of all this. And so many people feel are are speaking, at least from what I'm hearing, whether it be secular or in the church, people are speaking as if they're products of their environment, and they don't realize that we're supposed to be in dominion of this of this planet, of this world, of our environment. We're supposed to take everything and put it into submission to Christ. Not saying be like a crazy militant, you know, waving a gun around or anything. But I mean, like, when a person walks in Christ's authority, you, you, you see that on them as soon as they walk in the room. They're not, they're not falling victim to these non, like, you throw them an idea, challenge that idea. Think about it. Chew on it. Um, come to your own conclusion. See, like, what does God's word have to say about this? So, I know what makes sense to me is, I look at, I just, I, re I recently read a book by Thomas Sowell. Uh, about the history of uh, slaves in America and about the history of slavery in general. 
And the main takeaway from that was that I learned, because it's such a hot topic right now, everybody was in the slave trade before 1750. It was just the way of the world. It's even in the Bible. It was just the way of the world. And it was the Christians in France, it was the Christians in Europe, and it was the Christians in America that was like, hey, men shouldn't be enslaved. They should, they have these basic rights that were given to them by their creator. And at the time, that was scandalous. And when they when we wrote the Declaration of Independence, and we were saying that this king, this Christian king in Europe is, you know, putting men in bondage, like their property, like that ain't right. And we were throwing that back in his face as Americans. And it was these people that had to learn how to live in this system and say, like, we're not going to have these men as, as property. We're not going to have these men as slaves. They deserve to be free. And we need to figure out how to convince everyone else around us to let these men be free so that they can live their lives. But, and, and the tragic thing is, like, a lot of them dudes tried to go back to Africa. They died. They, they, they couldn't handle the diseases that were over there. They, so we had to learn how to live here in America. A lot of those people froze to death that first winter. Couldn't feed themselves because they weren't learning. I mean, there's... American history is pretty dark in terms of how hard the world was, but we had that one prevailing uh, principle of God gave these men freedom and we and they deserve to have their freedom. And the whole world wasn't talking like that back in the 1800s, but we were. So of all the things that have happened in the world, I mean, that's a lot of knowledge to sort through. And I know there's a lot of loud voices out there. I, I would say, listen to what they have to say and then read for yourself and 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 compare it to god's word like god expects us i think we have a responsibility to filter this stuff through through godly wisdom i just don't understand uh anti-racism to be godly wisdom i think that that's the phrase that they're calling it anti-racism and it's not not being racist it's saying you know now it's the white man's turn to be oppressed and that's not right no man should be oppressed. Exactly, exactly, and yeah, and we're man. I don't know. I don't know if I want to say that we are taking some steps back, but dang, it it, it, it kind of feels like it at times. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I feel like, like there's some evil people that just want power and that they found a way to do it. Um, you, you brought up BLM. I'll mention this because. There's some people that probably don't know, and and they'll say I'm lying. They can look it up for themselves. The three founders of BLM are lesbians who are married to uh, transsexual men. So it's basically six women. The founders of B one of the founders of BLM uh, was, and I did this on my podcast. I showed the video. She was po- doing something called pouring libations in a Methodist church, calling on the spirits of the recently deceased. We call that necromancy. It's a form of witchcraft. The the founders of BLM are self-avowed trained Marxists. They were trained by members of the Black Panthers. They're trained Marxists. Marxism is re- the only thing responsible for more death than Marxism is disease. Disease is the only thing, like in, in all the history of the planet, disease is the only thing that has killed more people than Marxist socialism. Or Leninist socialism. So if that's what people want to live in, if that's the boot that people want to live in, that's their choice. But they should look at, at what these people 
espouse and, and what they're lifting up. They want to dismember the family. And every every black leader that I've looked at has said that America that black America is in the position they're in because men were removed from the family. The fathers were removed from the home and we and the women were incentivized to to depend on the state. So it, that, that, that got, I think it goes deeper than politics. It goes down to ideology. Um, we know that the, uh, Andrew Breitbart, he said that religion or th- that politics is downstream from religion. He said, no, he says culture is downstream. Politics is downstream from culture and culture from the cult, meaning religion. That means religion influences culture. Culture influences politics. And that's why you see everyone in politics getting on the BLM train. And that tells me that there's a spirit behind it because they're influenced by some sort of religious ideology. Right. Well, and, and dude, I mean, I want to say, cause I, I'm not, I'm not, um, disagreeing. I, I think you are saying some, some very important things that people really need to look at. Um, I feel like there are people also that need to hear the message that not all people who say Black Lives Matter are on board with the organization right that some people are just like we need people to understand that our lives do matter right and and i and i and i can get behind that right i mean um you know i think it's ridiculous that we have this back and forth of black lives matter well all lives matter well yeah and and you know um i know i know this is not original to me but you know so it seems pretty clear though that if all lives matter then that includes black lives um so I, I don't get man. It, it's just it's so wild to me, man. Like and and you see this argument. I mean, it's literally argument and 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 not like argument for argument's sake, right? Not like um, civilized argument, but I mean, flat out just argument among people who are doing so in the name of Christ, right? Um, and it's people wrestling with ideology for the first time, I think. Or maybe not for the first time, but they're not used to, to wrestling with ideological concepts like that. Black Lives Matter is an ideological concept. It's it's kind of framed like a cultural thing, but it's ideological. And so that, that goes deeper than your culture, and, and a lot of people don't normally think on that level. Um, Christ does give us the tools, you know, he tells us to love our neighbor. He tells us to learn mercy. He, he told the, 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 the Pharisees that if they would learn mercy, then they would understand the law. And I think this is black America's time to learn to love their neighbor, to learn mercy, learn forgiveness, and learn to walk like Christ. Like there's some, I would, I would dare say racial stories that we could draw from Jesus experience that you could apply to Black Lives Matter. Uh, case in point, I give you the relationship between the Jews and the Samaritans. And Jesus didn't go off on some social justice tangent. He, I mean, he was like, this is how they want to live. Like, if you go back to the woman at the well, that was one example. Uh, he gives that example of the, the, the good Samaritan, that parable. And he, and he lets, he skips right past the whole social justice thing and he goes to the ideological, spiritual core of it of, you need to, who is the real neighbor? How do you love your neighbor? And then the leaders, he looks at them and he tells them, you need to learn mercy. 
if people don't learn mercy and forgiveness and and turn away from all of this hurt and anger and they need to christians need to learn to turn that to god so that god can make them strong enough to lead the world out of this hurt otherwise they're just being puppets on strings and and that's why i think it's important even though people want to downplay it or dismiss it or at times even become angry which is so confusing to me but the obvious answer is to all of this is Christ, right? I mean, and people, for whatever reason, including proclaiming Christians, don't want to hear that from you whenever you say the answer is Christ. It's a sin problem. It's this, 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 right? Um, because that, um, if we, if we make it that simple, then we can't argue anymore, I think. That's <laughs> a good way to trap people is to, Give them a path to follow and then give them a false dichotomy. It's, it's either black lives matter or it's all lives matter. And you give them this dichotomy and, and that's, that's all they're allowed to think. And, and Christ never did, he never fell into those traps. He always took a third way based on God's principles. That's the only thing I have to fall back on is, is how would Christ have dealt with these situations? Well, and, and like I said, I mean, I know I said it earlier, but it's just, it's becoming more and more true to me you know we go back to paul a, a man who you know once he converted was i, I mean I, I feel like way better than i'll ever be you know and, and and if the only thing he needed to know was christ and him crucified then what what more do i need to know <laughs> you know i mean really um paul was a beast man but i will say that paul paul was he wasn't he wasn't just a simple guy um he 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 did say that he preached christ and christ crucified but he knew those things he he knew the political world and and i see him using some of that knowledge uh you know when he said that he had demanded his rights as a roman citizen to to be appeal to caesar that was that was paul playing politics like he knew his his rights. He knew his position because he he understood he he was a was it was he a Pharisee? I, b- I believe he was a Pharisee before he converted. Um, I believe I don't so, remember yeah. which party was a yeah, but he yeah he was um he was in it like he he knew what he was doing, but he he always turned his 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 gaze, if you will, on Christ and Christ crucified because that's that's where the wisdom is like a lot of people are are going with the high 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 speed channel of emotion but the wisdom is in god's word yeah so man i feel like we've like we've 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 talked a lot about just i mean a lot of stuff you know i mean um some very in-depth stuff i know we said at the beginning it was going to be a conversation and that maybe we get deep i think there was no doubt that at some point it was going to get deep um so if you if you need if you had to take what we've been discussing and try to wrap it up into one just like concise theme that you want to present to listeners what what are you going to say because i mean I, i feel like this all goes back to the heart of your platform man like all this is a part of it so so what is that that theme that you're wanting to put out there i want people to question question the narrative 
of that that's been fed to them through media because that's where a lot of these ideas come and and compare it to God's word look for specific ex- examples as close as you can and then just I want everybody to always remember that rights come with a responsibility freedom comes with a responsibility and our responsibility as Christians are greater than than a lot of people that we look to in media they don't have to act like us we're Christians we have to we have to be good stewards of of this country of this freedom of our lives of every aspect of our lives that's been given to us by by God's providence like he wanted us to have this life so we need to be good stewards of it and of each other yeah man again guys it is my friend zero that's x e r o um the the zero hour podcast uh if you want to find his music you're gonna look up old man zero on digital platforms tent maker music um yeah man so where 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 do you want them to go to connect with you if you want to connect with me, all you got to do is go to Zero for Hire, X-E-R-O-F-O-R-H-I-R-E. It doesn't matter the platform. It's Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. It's all the same. And then, of course, Apple, um, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon. That's where you can find my podcast. So, yeah, that's how you get a hold of me. Dude, I, I'm i so glad that we got linked up finally. It seemed like stuff was against this conversation happening, man. Uh, but we finally got here um <laughs> i was getting nervous i was like oh man i hope i wasn't too intense when i talked to him no man never never you know you know what's been like man you know it's, it's been busy and 2020 has just been 2020 and um yeah but no dude I, I love it um i love you man and i'm excited to get you back on uh and, and hopefully it won't be um ho- hopefully there won't be as many hurdles the next time yeah, anytime, man. Anything anything you guys need from me, I'm at your disposal. That's what's up, man. Any any final thoughts that you want to um make sure that we include, man. Um yeah, uh Fisher, aka Fisher, uh in the ruins of Dreamland. Uh, like I said, we have uh we don't have a release date on that, but we are drip, dripping some some singles out. So, if you go to tentmakermusic.com, really want you guys to check him out like if you like anything that i do fisher is basically like everything i do times two at least so yeah man and uh yeah like you said fisher's awesome and if you guys want to make sure you're subscribed to 520collective.com hop on the mailing list uh make sure you're checking it for regular updates because we will definitely be sharing info as it comes to uh, aka fisher's new release and and what you guys have going at tent maker music um so make sure you get on there guys because we're going to support we love what they're they're doing um like i said th- this is family so um yeah we, we'll have that news up there for you as soon as they figure out when that release date is we will let you know but yeah man i love it dude uh, i'm excited to see not only what happens with uh fisher's project but what, conti- what God continues to do with uh, your podcast and with, uh, I-, I know we're going to get more music at some point from you as well. So, yeah, I got stuff in the chamber. I'm just sitting on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, that's all right, man. It's a, it's all in due timing, right? Yeah. So, 
Uh, I, I'm excited for it, dude. And like I said, let's let's get you back on uh, soon, like so- sooner than later, because yeah, anytime. Um, I love it, man. I think these conversations fit well with what Beyond the DMs is all about. So I thank you for hopping on here, my friend. So guys, appreciate you tuning in to this episode of the Beyond the DMs podcast here on 520 Collective. Let's go.